0: What a week it's been. So much to talk about, and so many things we can't talk about.
1: (laughs) Oh.
2: Me and my friend Mark, we're going to stop watching. I'm Mark. And I'm Harris. And we'd like to welcome you to Behind the Gorilla, a podcast where we delve into the wild, wacky, and crazy side of professional wrestling. Welcome to another episode of Behind the Gorilla, where we're going to do a mishmash of talking about different things, because I didn't have time to actually do a full episode, because I was busy every single day this week. The point is, it's been busy, but it's been good, because AEW came to Atlanta. Finally, the cowards did a show in their hometown. After all this time, and Harris... did they. Harris, I take back... Every negative thing I've said about AEW not coming to Atlanta over these past, like, seven months. Like when you
0: called them cowards 45 seconds ago, you're going to take that back?
2: Yep, I take that back. I take all of it back because it was amazing. From start to finish, absolutely incredible. A lot of people, I mean, in my opinion, it's the best show they've done, but I'm a little biased, so... You can take that for whatever. But I think the last, like, three weeks of AEW has been the best they've been yet. Everything that is building up to uh, next weekend's Revolution pay-per-view has just been done perfectly. Every build's been done perfectly. Every single match on the card has real stakes that have been built for at least a few weeks. And most of them have been built for months. And it is... It's going to be awesome. And they built... This show, as a pay-per-view, for all intents and purposes. And good grief did they deliver. It was amazing.
0: Yeah, this was a great show. For someone who admittedly doesn't watch it on a week-to-week basis, I made a point this week, partially because I knew it was in Atlanta, but also just because you broke down the card, and there were so many different things that I was like, oh man, I want to see that. So I made a point to get home from work early enough to watch most of this episode i missed the tag team battle royal live i started at the beginning at like 8 30 and caught up within you know 30 minutes to an sure. hour or so i basically just watched that match live and dude this was a great show and you're not the only person like i know you are biased but i saw a lot of people say guys i think this was aew's best show
2: cody said it at the end of the show
0: oh man i mean it, it was it was awesome match it was an awesome night it was a lot of like you said it felt like a pay-per-view there were just so many big matches big moments uh the the cage is terrifying i freaked out watching him climb it yeah i i mean he got exactly the reaction you want which is just no 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 it was it was horrifying like heights are just scary in wrestling because i feel like that's the easiest way to kill yourself uh, yes. And he just crushed it. He hit that beautiful moonsault. I'm skipping ahead. But I'm just, I'm just speaking extemporaneously here. He didn't even look back. He didn't, nope. like, measure it. He didn't see where he was. He just dove blind and yep. hit it. It was awesome. But then, like, I, the show ended, and he climbed back up onto the top of the cage, and I was so <laughs> anxious, Mark. I was like, don't get back up there. Don't do that. He's going to fall on accident. Like, that's – that – I know there's a lot of stuff about wrestling that's really impressive, but the ability to do that high spot from that cage, because it was a big cage. It yes, wasn't like... No, a, it was big. It wasn't a traditional, like, WWE steel cage, which is high, but, like, you know, it's, like, eight, ten feet high. I felt like this... I mean, it was like Hell in a Cell. It was a massive, yeah. massive
2: cage. Yeah, it was like a mix between, like, Hell in a Cell and a, uh, like, a regular size steel cage. Yeah. and yeah,
0: but... I, I think... I just you you nailed it dude. Like all of the different storylines are playing off in different fun ways. There's some interesting build going on. The women's division had a couple cool promos, different moments. We can talk about that a little bit more in a second, but it was just it was clicking on pretty much all cylinders. It yep. was a sight to see. It was a lot of fun.
2: Yeah, it was uh I don't know, man. I've been to I've been to a lot of good wrestling shows and I've been to a lot recently just with all the NWO sh- or NWA shows. But uh I don't know, man. This is up at the top of one of wrestling shows I've ever been to. It's just, it's in the top group. Obviously, it's hard to compare it to the NWA shows just because those are so small and intimate. It's a whole different level of enjoyment to them than the. But as far as like, you know, arena shows, this is by far the best I've ever been to. Like, it's, and to be honest, that's not saying anything because every other arena (laughs) show has been WWE and WWE historically craps on Atlanta every time they come. So. Again, I would argue half the time it's on purpose, but I think half of it's just internal reaction to being in Atlanta is just, let's put our worst product forward, um, just because they still think, harbor this resentment to the city of Atlanta being the, the WCW town.
0: I think some of that's just your bad luck, too, but it's still very funny.
2: It, it, that could be, too, but um, the only really good WWE show I've ever been to was the Royal Rumble, the first ever show I was at in 2010, except for the fact Edge came back and won. That really put a damper on it. But up right. until that, it was that was a really good show. Um Everything else, not great. WrestleMania was great because it was WrestleMania, but pretty, pretty terrible mania.
0: It was a bad WrestleMania. Uh, other than
2: uh, Undertaker and Triple H, there was really not much else. Um, yeah. You know, the Survivor Series we both were at was OK, I didn't particularly enjoy it. Seeing a cash and I guess was cool, but it was Seamus. So who cares?
0: Right. Um, I thought about that when we were leaving that event. I mean, I enjoyed it. But the wildest part of that night was the fact that Survivor Series was on a list of potential ISIS targets.
2: Oh, yeah. I forgot about so that. So they
0: put us through an extra layer of security and had um, and had Lillian Garcia sing the national anthem before yeah. the show. And I hadn't, that was like the second WWE event I had ever been to at that point. So I was like, I don't think this is normal, <laughs> but like, it might be, I don't know. Yeah. And other people were like, no, that's not normal. So there was this great feeling of unity where everyone was like, sure. Look, if somebody starts shooting up this lion right now, we're going to, we're going to die doing what we loved, you know, right. that or hit them with a spine buster. Like it's fine. It was very, it was a weird unifying moment, but the show itself was fine. Yeah, Nothing too crazy. The best one I think I went to, I've been to two good Raws. One is well, the we first Raw the I same ever went one.
2: to. One of them.
0: The first Raw I ever went to, obviously I was a little biased, but I had a great time. But um, that was the one where Randy Orton had a match with Dolph Ziggler, I think countered a zigzag into the RKO. Mm-hmm. And that was when everyone started making RKO memes like that night. So yeah. I remember that pretty vividly. And then the other one I went to was the night that everyone kind of knew it was going to happen, but it was the night three of the four horsewomen from NXT debuted. Oh, and that was a blast. So those two things were. Well, really you've fun also like been really...
2: to the Raw that we were both at, the Raw before WrestleMania two years ago. Yeah,
0: yeah. we went to that one together, right? Right. That was the one what, that we.
2: That's what I meant. Like we were yeah, both. Yeah, that's at that what one. I thought. Right. Um, so it all,
0: you know. They kind of started to run together. I've had better luck than you. That's the only real point I had in this whole digression. But Yeah.
2: I've only been to two Raws, and I've never been to a SmackDown. Um, I went to I the Raw in 2011 with the Muppets, guest hosting. <laughs> oh, that's right. Which, to, which, okay, Harris, this is the worst part. The Muppets were the best part of that Raw. <laughs> that's the worst part. They were not bad. Um, and then I went to the one... That was with that uh, you were at the one before WrestleMania with Ronda Rousey and the contract signing. Uh, yeah, was yeah, that that contract true. signing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, that sounds right. Or, it's or back no, it was now. like a press conference. It was like the press, like pre-match press conference, weird thing. The way it was. Yeah, 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 yeah or whatever it was. Um, right. I don't remember anything from that show except for that. Uh, and uh, you know, and and then I've been to a handful, handful of other things here and there, but th- this was. The best big show I've ever been to by a mile and one of the best, possibly the best I've ever been to. The whole atmosphere is just so much better than anything else I've been a part of other than maybe NWA. Like, as soon as you go in, everyone's just excited. Everyone is excited. Everyone's ready. There's when you go to a WWE show, some people are excited, but mostly it's like we're wrestling fans and wrestling's here. So here we are. That's that's like normally the attitude. I don't know if you've gotten that, but that's kind of the attitude whenever I've been to WWE shows.
0: Well, I think you kind of take it for granted, especially the more sure. you've been because you know what it is. Sure. AEW. I mean, like, that's why it's you know, that's why the creative team is the way it is. That's why there's this general excitement around the product. That's why they kill NXT in the ratings every week. Right. It's not because I, in my opinion, it's not because AEW is like head and shoulders a better show. It's just that if you're a wrestling fan and once a week you have a chance to either watch another WWE show or watch a show that isn't WWE, you're going to choose to watch the other company. When WWE is putting on two other shows every week, you're going to try to support something else that isn't this leviathan when you get a chance.
2: And all these great stars in AEW, this is the only time you can see them. There's not – Exactly. There's not nine talk shows and four, you know, 3-hour shows during the week to watch them on. Like this is it. Even NXT has gone away from that and they're now all on Raw and SmackDown and backstage and all these other things. So when before and before NXT was on USA, there was very little crossover with the main yeah. the main roster. So there was still kind of like, "Oh, you got to watch NXT to see these guys." That no longer is a thing anymore. So uh, that added on top of it I mean this is the only place you can see all these guys every week and it's everything just ex- is exciting so that 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 fits with the way the whole atmosphere is it was it's an excited atmosphere everyone's ready everyone's hyped that it's the best crowd I've ever been a part of for a wrestling show because that's another thing Atlanta crowds WWE shows not great and to be honest don't blame them because I've been to those shows not a whole lot to be excited about. And then people are always like, oh, the crowd was dead. It's like, yeah, because did you see the show? But for this, total opposite. Total opposite. Dude. crowd there from the start never let up. Every match, the crowd is making noise. And you know what I didn't even realize? While I was in there, it, it, there was it was weird. Because obviously there's the big section of seats that are blocked off because of the stage and the ramp and all that stuff. But they had all the third deck. Like, curtained off, which I was surprised that that had to happen, and then it was, for the most, I mean, it was full as far as I could see. May- I mean, not like sold like complete like every seat, but it was completely full. It only the 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 tickets or whatever. It was like fifty five hundred people when I when like the the stuff came out. I was shocked that, that it does was that low. Me. Um, apparently that's like right on par with basically all of their shows that's usually about what they're what they're drawing depending on the size of the venue right but i was just so surprised there was that few people there because they did not feel like it It felt like there were way more people there than that but i feel like that's what you'd rather have like you would rather sure to
0: go back to nxt i hope that i'm i'm afraid they're gonna start touring you know arenas like i think the main roster shows
2: i think they need to harris i think that crowd is getting bored I didn't
0: think about the people themselves getting bored. That is kind of a funny point. How can
2: you be but, that excited when it's just the same? I mean, you're seeing the show every week in the same place with the same people. I feel like that's seems another to work level. For
0: NWA. I think there's something to be yeah, said for having but that they small, only, intimate home arena that you can call your own, and that's, that's tiny yeah. and packed, and you're sitting right on top of the action. I think that's great. I think that gives it a very different feel, a very territorial feel, which is what NXT does really well. True. And it's just, I I just think you lose a little bit of that when you overinflate. I think that's part of why, like, WWE shows are so soulless, because they're all in these massive arenas, and it doesn't really feel yeah. personal. I like that AEW, like, I am a little surprised they didn't sell more tickets than that, but, like, I would rather they only sell 5,000 seats and have everyone who is there yeah. Really fired up to be there. You know what I mean? That is really cool. That's true.
2: No, and they so what? They, they were but um so I was just talking about like going in the process and everything. It's mm-hmm. it's basically the same. I mean, it's the same as WWE show or any any other arena show with uh just getting in and everything. We got there about an hour before, maybe a little less than mm-hmm. an hour before. And and the the start time says seven thirty, which is kinda weird. So I was like, Oh, I guess they do the the AEW dark matches, you know, beforehand. I always thought they did them after. I was like, "Oh, I guess they do them beforehand." Mm-hmm. It was weird. They did one match beforehand and three others after the show, huh. which was weird. Like they did okay, one dark so, one before and then three after.
0: Okay, so I have a question. What does AEW do between matches like during commercial breaks?
2: Everything's still happening. Have you have you ever watched the show like they do that yeah, picture picture thing? well, I thought about that was thing. There's always something happening. It's not WWE where everyone leaves the ring and you sit there in a dark arena and watch advertisements for three minutes.
0: That's why I was asking because, right, I I did. I noticed that. That
2: is the worst part of a WWE show. They just don't even care. They're just like... That's
0: why I was curious because it's like, how hard would it be? They've tried to incorporate a few other things, but like, get a t-shirt cannon out there. Like, do something. Do anything. Do theme song karaoke like that thing they do, you know, at football games where like they play a song do literally anything except show us commercials for the fourth Scooby-Doo WWE crossover. (laughs) Actually, no, you know what? I take that back, because at least with Scooby-Doo, like, I like Scooby-Doo. Don't show me the (laughs) Jetsons commercial, because nobody on the planet cares about the
2: Jetsons. Well, the other thing is... I totally forgot what I was going to say.
0: Well, I was just... I I noticed that watching it live. I was like, most of these matches, like, you know, they do the picture in picture right cut away so they've got like their kfc commercial on or whatever but they're also showing the actual match still happening i was just wondering if they did that all night because wwe does that some too but then there will still be hard breaks where there's literally nothing going on in the ring
2: yeah they uh there were times when like you know they don't do the picture in picture or whatever and stuff isn't happening I don't even remember what happened. I never noticed it. Like, it was never like, oh, we're just sitting and nothing's happening. Like, there was something happening. Either Justin Roberts was talking to the crowd or, I don't don't know. It just seemed like there was, I don't remember there being just where you weren't really doing anything, at least not for long. Um, Because a lot of times, they just continue with the end of the segment into the commercial break. And... Sammy Guevara is this one who started it when he started bringing out these giant cards with promos written on them. And because you can't hear anything in the picture in picture. So I remember a couple of times they would literally like someone would be yelling at the camera <laughs> as it went to the picture in picture. And then you're sitting there like we can't hear you, man. Like this doesn't work. <laughs> and then so Sammy Guevara, I don't know, a month ago month and a half ago started bringing out these giant cards with promos written on him and just holds them up to the camera and then pulls the one away. And then it's something else. So now then, uh, other people have done that now. And Darby Allen's been doing it with his feud with Sammy Guevara as like a clap back at him for that. And, uh, so that's, that's pretty funny. Uh, that's brilliant. I'm telling you, man, these guys are smart and there's innovation going on in AEW, which doesn't exist anywhere else right now. Not to this level. um, but yeah, so that was great. So the first the the AEW dark matches, the first one, uh, Marco Stunt came out and wrestled Jimmy Havoc. That was very interesting. Huh. Um, that was that was a little weird. But uh, they went for for a long time. It was like a fifteen minute match. I mean, they it was a long time. But you know, good good for them. That's fine. <laughs> I I don't really care to watch Marco Stunt wrestle. But you know, good you know good for him or whatever. Uh. So the first real match of the show, the first match on the actual show, was the tag team battle royal. Another thing AEW does a billion times better than WWE is almost every week they start their show off with a wrestling match. Like, I I can't think of, I feel like maybe once or twice they haven't, but pretty much every week people are either coming out to the ring as soon as the show starts or already in the ring ready to to go as the show goes on the air. WWE and every show starts with a 25 minute talking in the ring, every week, for every show, and you're always like, okay, uh, I don't don't care. Let's just let's go. Let's do something different. Mm-hmm. And ev- and every week, AEW just starts right in it. And this is a tag team battle royal. They didn't even do the entrances. They did them all like right before the show was happening. Everyone just mm-hmm. came down, and then they just. We're already in the ring as the show started. Just ding, 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 go. And You just yeah, have all the tag really cool. teams go. I enjoyed um, that. Obviously, I don't know if I've ever seen a tag team battle royal before. I'm trying to think. I'm sure it's been done, but I can't think of one that I've seen. I don't think
0: I have. I think uh, it's pretty rare.
2: And, and it was great because the stipulation was both people had to be eliminated. Where I think right. I've seen, if I have seen it before, I feel like it's been, if someone gets eliminated, the team's out. Which just takes so much drama away. Right. And uh, so, I mean, these are such weird matches to script and to do, and they couldn't have done it any better than this, man. That thing was great. There were so many great spots. Everyone got a chance to do something. I mean, even like Jack Evans, who got thrown out right away, trying to copy, uh, who was it, what, SEU? who like they both dove on everyone else so he's like oh i can do that dove on him and they all just caught him and threw him out
0: yeah that was great they all just like there was a moment where they're all like wait a second
2: (laughs) (laughs) he's not the star we don't have to fall for
0: him (laughs) well it's one of those indiana jones moments where they just do exactly what you just shouted at them to do like he just shoots the guy
2: right they just
0: throw him out you're like oh yeah no why wouldn't you do that that's perfect
2: that was great. Uh, they did the whole Dark Order thing, which was fun with them mm-hmm. in FCU. That's continued to build, which is great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Santana Ortiz just didn't go in the ring the whole match, and you're all just like, GET HIM IN THE RING! BOO! <laughs> so that was that was great. It makes no sense why that's allowed, but it just works because they're heels. Um, then, of course, you get the Young Bucks in there going, you get Nick. Nick in every match has to have just one spot where he just goes absolutely berserk for about 45 <laughs> seconds to a minute. And it's always just the greatest thing ever. And so he got his chance to do that. Of course, he then gets eliminated like halfway through the match. And you're like, oh, 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 okay. That's that's weird. Uh, Luchasaurus got his moment. Biggest, uh, most over person in that entire battle royal, including the Young Bucks. And, uh, and SCU because there were is no, there were no less than three Luchasaurus chants throughout the match. And, uh, he got an awesome moment with the, um, I think the Butcher, uh, Butcher and Blade had a good showing too, but, uh, Butcher just was a beast throughout that whole battle royal. And they got the awesome face, like just hockey fight with him and Luchasaurus just going at it, which was just great. That was, that might've been my favorite part. Uh, that was definitely one of my favorite parts of the Battle Royals, just those two just going at it, because that's awesome, and Luchasaurus doing anything is amazing, and he's, he's just awesome, he's just awesome. He, dude, I, I, I kept thinking
0: about this, watching this Battle Royal, because I could hear the Luchasaurus chants, right, and like, I know that AEW, you know, you want to present your brand a little bit differently, and they're trying to be a little bit more sporty, right? They're very intentionally pro wrestling, not sports entertainment, which is cool. That's a great change of pace. At the same time, a lot of the people that I'm most excited to see whenever I do tune into Dynamite, which admittedly is not, you know, as often as you would like, but it's the larger than life, like weird characters, like Luchasaurus. Like it's great that they are able to find some sort of balance between like, this is serious pro wrestling, and also there's a dinosaur man and orange <laughs> Cassidy, like especially for people like me who are like, I'm obviously a big wrestling fan, but I'm not as hardcore, like work rate focused as a lot of people. It's really cool to see that they, they know how to appeal to people like that. Like they can find yeah. that balance in fun, larger than life, not quite cartoony, but you know what I mean? Like larger than life characters and Luchasaurus yeah. is the best example. Cause you just say the name and you're like, that's incredible. <laughs> Why didn't I think of that? That's yeah. perfect.
2: Yep. Yeah. yeah. So he got a great showing him and uh, Jungle Boy. Uh, he got uh, Angelico gave him the Shawn Michaels selling treatment where he got just <laughs> he got just Sparta kicked and just goes flying out of what? the ring and like into the barricade. And I was like, yes. yep, That was awesome. Uh, also, I believe it, too. Like, I would believe you would go flying out of the ring if if Luchasaurus actually like front kicked you as hard oh, for as he sure. could. So that was that was awesome. Uh Best Friends had an awesome moment where they, they everyone built up where they wanted a hug, and then it gets interrupted and you're like, Boo, let him hug. <laughs> and then and then later after uh Taylor got eliminated, then then they do it with Matt and uh and Trent. So that was that was awesome. That was and it also makes sense because like when you watch it back, the announcers are like what are you doing? You can't hug in the middle of a battle Royal. It's like, yeah, well, it makes sense. It was a mistake. It's a character flaw and we love them for it. And uh, also orange Cassidy coming out and saving Trent, just popping out of the ring and just being there to catch him on his shoulders was incredible. Um, I mean, I'm sorry. That was, it's, it's, it works. It works. It worked in the women's battle Royal rumble. It works here. Right. Someone catching someone is great, especially when it's someone like Orange Cassidy. And then later when he's fighting with Butcher on the side and he's just like holding his arms out, following him across the apron. Like if he falls, he's just going to catch yeah. him. <laughs> he's like, I got you. I got you. Like he's ready. Exactly. That was brilliant. That, that was That's, great. There was some great. Yeah, that character
0: work. And then he's immediately just kicked in the nuts and like right. dumped aside.
2: Right. And boo. Like, yeah, it's just- but. It's great. It that's get, perfect. Like, it gets everyone it, over. Just like with the exactly. Dark Order thing with the weird creepy guy who starts talking to him and then all of a sudden they get eliminated by the members of the Dark Order, like SCU, immediately. It's like, right. all right, keep that going. I mean, right, all you... these storylines, they kept going with this many people in this match, which is just yep. incredible. And then of course exactly what you want. Then, of course, Santana Ortiz finally come in and... Help eliminate Luchasaurus. I love how it took four people to eliminate eliminate Luchasaurus. I was happy with that. It's like, all right, good. They're at least giving him that. Um, And and then you have Matt just by himself. Of course, that has been a whole storyline. Now, Harris, I know you don't watch Being the Elite on Mondays on YouTube, but you definitely should because it's something you would absolutely adore. It's like everything (laughs) you love about wrestling is what they do in that show.
0: As soon as you said that, I was like, "This is going to be insulting, whatever he says."
2: No, not necessarily. It's just it would it would fit perfectly with the way you you like the goof this goofy aspect of wrestling, and they just play that up. And there's so much character work done in right. that show that they just don't have time to do on the actual show. Like just that the drunk hangman thing is great on that, and it was so great to where <laughs> Matt and Nick. Like we're talking to him, and we're like, "Yeah, man, you know, everything's been weird, but but it's it's cool, you know, you know, everything's cool and everything, and and you know, e- even even if you know, even if we win this battle royal, you know, we we we'd be honored to to face you guys for the tag team titles." And then they leave, and he's just like, looks at the camera guy, which is Brandon Cutler, and he's like, "Wait, I'm in a battle royal," and he, they're like, "No, no, this is for the number one contendership." He's like, "Oh, but Matt and Nick are in it." He's like, "Yeah." Oh, okay. So then later you see him going around to all the other teams that are going to be in it and, like, insinuating that Matt has a bad back. He's like, you know, Matt's back's been really bugging him, so just be careful with that. But uh, you didn't hear it from me. And he just keeps going to everyone, talking about all the weak points of the Young Bucks. <laughs> and it's, uh, it- it's great. So they-, they played that up for this with, with Matt, and then just getting to... Being there like half the match by himself, and uh, that was just, it was great. I heard people whining like, oh, this is the most predictable battle royal ever, ever. Yeah, you can quit watching wrestling, you fun-sucking vampire. Like, geez, that was amazing. Who doesn't want to see Matt Jackson just go absolutely bonkers by himself and beat everybody against all odds and then kick the GD head off of Sammy Guevara? (laughs) And, I'm pretty
0: sure the reason they curtained off the upper deck was so his head wouldn't hit anybody when he kicked it and up And it was
2: smart. They they planned ahead. Uh, Harris, that's one of the greatest wrestling moments I've ever seen. Ever. It looked... I have a, I have a I minor... I think he's legitimately dead. I know he tweeted it, later in the night, he quote tweeted a video of that saying, I'm not dead, but I don't believe him. <laughs> I heard somebody called that a JFK spot.
0: <laughs> That's how hard he got hit in the head. Yeah, I'm not like, That's that wasn't funny. me. I'm not saying that, yeah. but I heard that, and I was like, whoa, yikes. That was, it's it's not inaccurate. He got his head kicked off of his body. And here's, I have a minor quibble with AEW, which is that like, obviously part of what makes them fun is that, like, there aren't any, like, hard rules of production like there mm-hmm. are in WWE, and they can just, like, get weird and do a lot of fun, creative stuff. Like the note cards, when they're on a picture-in-picture and they know they are. Like, that's funny. That's a fun touch. But sometimes what'll happen is, like, they'll cut away from something at a really sure. bad time, and it it happens a little bit more in AEW than it does in WWE. Well,
2: look, that's this one is... thing— y- WWE, for whatever you want to say, they are picture perfect when it comes to just production value, camera work, directing. Right. Like They're masters at it. Nobody's better than that. So that's one right. thing I think people sometimes forget. And then you watch a show that's not their team, and you're like, oh, yeah, that's just how good they are because they've been doing it for 30 years.
0: Right. But all that being said, like that is probably one of the two most common criticisms of AEW. Sure. For this moment, it was perfect. Yeah, like obviously that's an incredible <laughs> move and an incredible moment anyway, but they also have it like it's executed right in the middle of the ring and it's blocked perfectly so like it really looks like he just broke his <laughs> neck. I don't yes. know how else to put it. Like you see the impact, but then he almost immediately like goes behind his body like his yeah. body blocks when he hits the ground. Yep. I don't know how exactly to describe it, but you know what I mean if you rewatch the episode. It's just perfectly captured. It was awesome, and it just made it ten times better. Like it, I'm sure it looked incredible live, but it looked so sick on camera.
2: Yeah, it, no, it was it, it was amazing, um, and I love the edit someone made where they put in a Mortal Kombat like <laughs> oh yeah like a like the head broken jaw like a broken yeah. jaw uh, yeah, like yeah, zoom yeah, in right cool. on the kick, and it's awesome. <laughs> it is awesome. Yeah, that was. So, so that bananas. is, that was, that was great and an awesome. It was just, again, this whole show was just a bunch of awesome moments. And that was, that was one of them. It was just this great, I mean, who doesn't love the moment when the guy who has no shot of winning then wins against the heels and who've, you know, cheated and all this stuff. It's like, it's just awesome. Wrestling well, and needs, the, I mean, obviously you need the heels to win most of the time so that you can then have these moments that are so great.
0: Well, in my favorite, it had one of my favorite rumble spots, which is somebody thinks that they won, like <laughs> yeah. they dump him over the top rope and immediately start celebrating and Sammy Guevara starts running around the ring.
2: Yep. I, I enjoyed that. That was great. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that that was that, that was done picture perfect. Uh, the next match with Shanna and Chris Statlander was really good. Uh, good match <laughs> between those two women. Um, okay, did... The I, only thing I have to say about this, did you, you rewatched the whole
0: show, right? Yeah, yeah, I did. Okay. Jr. just completely no-selling her <laughs> alien origin story it, was hilarious, yeah. but like so unprofessional and so unnecessary. I was like, Jr., you just saw a dinosaur man, like, <laughs> fight That's a fair. bunch of living human men. You didn't have anything to say about that. You weren't, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. You weren't a real jackass about that. You were like, so wait, tell me more about why this guy thinks he's a dinosaur. Like, you just go with it. Yeah. So it was it was very funny, but it was just like, man, you didn't, of all the times, of all the things you've seen in this industry, this is where you drop the line? Yeah. The alien girl? I mean, okay. All right.
2: Yeah, unfortunately, you missed that, and, and Britt Baker on Compton, all that stuff, you know, you didn't get at the live in the thing. I didn't even know she was there at all until I watched the show. Like they, she didn't, they didn't even like announce her coming out or anything. Um, so that, but that was a good match. They, they put on, they put on a good move and slowly yeah. the women's division is getting better. It's getting much, yeah. much better. They're starting to build people. Um, having Nyla Rose as the big, bad heel champion makes it better, easier for every other baby face to work. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, no good job for them in the, in the women's division. All uh, right, the uh, John Moxley-Jeff Cobb match was a lot of fun. Again, just a match that was just about moments. It's just, again, n- nothing particularly was great as far as, like, wrestling goes in this show. But that wasn't the point. Like, that's when pro wrestling is the best. If it's done well, <laughs> it doesn't have to do a lot. Like, that's the yeah. whole point. You watch shows from the 80s. Not a lot's happening in the ring as far as, like, different moves. It's pretty straightforward and basic, but it's so much better because you care about what's going on with, with the guys. And that's what this show, I think, just did so well. Um, Jeff Cobb made his big debut. I call him the uh, Samoan Bigger Rhino. And everyone just started, cha- like, saying, Gore throughout the that's match. Funny. That happened a lot. He looks just like Rhino if he was Samoan and Bigger. Um, yep. even the hair, Insani. everything's the same, but, uh, he's awesome. Again, I don't know much about him at all. I've heard the name, but I've never seen him work, um, anywhere else, but he was a lot of fun to watch. Um, obviously Moxley's just great. So they worked really well together. Their styles work together cause they're both, you know, hard hitting more of, uh, with a kind of brawling aspect to it. Um, so that was fun. Uh, this is another match that was better uh, watching it back just just because of the commentary because Taz was on commentary and that's just perfect with a guy like Jeff Cobb because he's basically a bigger Taz um, with the type of wrestling style, with the suplex and all. Uh, but of course, you get Jericho coming out into the front row with his posse with the inner circle doing the I got a ticket thing. And I remember sitting there and being like, I looked over to my dad and I was like, there were no physical tickets for this show. What is he talking about? <laughs> like everything's on your phone now, man. Like, come on. <laughs> well, see, here's what I don't was he was he banned? No, that's what I don't no, understand, he wasn't. Usually, what
0: happens is it's like, oh, somebody got fired. Yeah, but they can be here because they no, bought
2: a ticket just I like know. anyone else.
0: Like that's the narrative. That was which the is point. Great. That's the like last time.
2: Favorite. That was the point. That's, the last time he did it, and right. this time I was like. What normally they Why did you just, didn't just walk down the ramp? Normally just they just show out, up. Man. Uh, uh, the past several weeks, what they do is they just show up in like luxury boxes, out like they have their own box, like yeah. up in the thing. But he just like comes to the front, like I have a ticket. Like who cares, man? You work here. Just yeah. Just <laughs> walk out. Like I remember thinking, I was like, they didn't set that up at all. It was kind of weird, but no. it was funny. Um, but the- anyway, but he but he gets an entrance, which I always think is weird. If he's coming out to the front ring. With a ticket? Why did they play his music? That doesn't make sense either. You but, guys uh, sounded great, by the well, way. Well, yeah, that was the great part, because everyone's just done this thing where they just start singing Jericho's song, which has happened before. The first one I remember was Fandango, when fans started singing the wrestler's songs. Um, and then it just started going to, you know, there, there was a bunch of different very... I guess the first thing of fan interaction with the music has to be probably Kurt Angle with, with the You Suck that started... Because now that's really exploded with singing. I mean, people were singing Fandango's song. They're singing uh, Shinsuke Nakamura's song, like John Cena's song. Like, there's a lot of stuff that's been happening. And this is just taking it to a whole another level of just the fancy and everything. And this is another thing why AEW is so much better than WWE. If fans started doing this, pick anyone. No, it did happen with Fandango. They made it a thing. WWE is like, oh, we can do that. And then they immediately start jumping on it. They highlight it. They harp on it. They make it like a segment. They do something with it, and it ruins it. Yeah, they
0: overproduce it.
2: That wrecks it. The whole point is that it's just the fans doing something that's fun just to be a part of something. So what AEW does, they have not acknowledged it. They don't talk about it. They don't do anything. They just let it happen. And they waited to start the match till after the chorus. I know. That was so awesome. I noticed that. They are know exactly what they're doing and they're way smarter than wwe just for that alone wwe would never think in a billion years to give the fans something that they actually wanted which is just let us do this and it was amazing
0: i think it's very funny that in describing that you're like oh they would never just let the fans sing Right. Because it would become like, oh, the members of the WWE universe love to sing this superstar song.
2: So That's let's, another thing. let's all sing it. There like, are no wrestlers in WWE. There are right. no fans. It's all like, overproduced superstars and exa- it's the all, universe. It's like
0: it's all corporate like doublespeak, and right. it just rings so insincere. So you're right. I didn't think about that, but props to AEW for recognizing we have a really cool like, organic moment here. Let's just let it happen, but we don't have to, like, break it. Like, if we try to catch it, we'll break it. Yep. You know what I mean? Also, is th- this may be kind of mean, but that's definitely, like, the biggest Fozzy concert of all time, right?
2: <laughs> no, I mean, they've performed for, like, 100,000 people at, like, those download no, festivals and no. stuff. Yes, oh, like, have. that doesn't count. Not a festival. That doesn't count. <laughs> people, Those people are just there
0: anyway. That just made me laugh because I was like, this is, like, this is the most enthusiastic crowd Jericho has ever had for his music.
2: That might be true, but uh, yeah, no, that was that was great. Oh, dude, you know what
0: needs to happen? I don't know if this will ever happen, but you know how they'll do that thing. We're talking about theme songs a lot. It's a little breadcrumb for you. I forgot to even
2: mention the whole point of the episode at the beginning. We're talking about our top ten favorite wrestling theme songs and our top ten. What we think are probably the worst theme songs? I should but have so, mentioned that at the top of the episode. That's coming later. But this first half is me talking about going to AEW because it was amazing, and I, I'm going to talk about it. So, anyway. But
0: so, imagine, you know, they do that thing sometimes, like at WrestleMania or the biggest show, where they where have they the people have, play the music. Right. So,
2: imagine Chris Jericho <laughs> playing his own entrance music. He needs to do it, man. Oh, he needs oh, to do it. I, <laughs> like, it's got to happen. It's got to happen. I want to see it
0: happen. And um, it's such a perfect like heel thing to do. Too. It is. <laughs> that's why it works.
2: Yeah, no, I, I it's gotta happen. I really hope it does. That, that that if that doesn't happen, that's gonna be a missed opportunity. Absolutely. Um so yeah, that was that was great. Uh there were only two things I was a little disappointed with the show, but not a lot, but just a little bit, is we didn't get to hear Jericho ever talk, and we didn't get to hear MJF talk. Those were the two things we didn't get to hear. Now, they were both there. Like, Jericho was there, and then after the Moxley-Cobb match, he comes out and, you know, beats him up and that whole thing, which is great, but, you know, those are the two two of, like, the three best talkers in the company behind, you know, them. And I think head and shoulders, Jericho, MJF, and Cody are head and shoulders above everyone else in the company. And that doesn't mean, like, there's a lot of other really good talkers, but just those three are so good like, they're just amazing. And we didn't get to hear from, from two of them, which was a little disappointing. But, um, so that was that was cool. Just him, you know, Moxley gets the desperation win kind of at the last second. So you kind of keep Cobb, you know, strong as he beat him up for pretty much the whole match. And uh, then he gets beat up by everyone else afterwards. And then they mess up the lights going out, Harris. Because they only shut off the main lights and they didn't shut off all the, like, the video board lights. So all the like half the lights go out and you're like, did did a fuse? Are you stapling something?
0: No, I'm just playing with my charger. I didn't know you could
2: hear that. Oh yeah, it was it was loud. I was just wondering. Um, so like the lights half go out and you're sitting there like, oh, did a fuse break? Like what's going on? And then right. the rest of the lights go out and you're like, oh okay, they're doing a thing. And uh, and then you get the return of Darby freaking Allen to the biggest pop of the entire show. Oh, dude, that was awesome. That was amazing. That dude is over as anyone else in the company. And, dude, it's just awesome. It's also cool because he he's, he's he's not from Atlanta, but he's been living in Atlanta the last, like, several years. And, like, he lives in Atlanta now and is based here and stuff. So, that's still kind of cool. And, um, that's just awesome, man. Comes on the skateboard, starts beating up the inner circle with the skateboard. Does that spot where he like jumps on the dude's back, on the skateboard? <laughs> it was awesome. That dude's great. So that was so much fun to get because he hasn't he hasn't he's been out for a few weeks now, after he got his uh, throat crushed on his own skateboard by Sammy Guevara, which of course is leading to their match at uh, Revolution. But so that was an awesome moment getting the big return of uh, of Darby Allen. And another great thing, all of the. Uh, or at least a lot of the, uh, anyone who's like Atlanta-based guys got like a pretty big moment. Obviously Cody, and then you get Darby Allen to return. You get Tony Schiavone, who got introduced before the uh, Nyla Rose segment when um he kind of got a, a nice little intro there before he Nyla Rose. I forgot to talk about that. Um, Nyla Rose and then Chris Statlander and Big Swole. I guess that'll be a triple threat at the um, pay-per-view, which will be fun. But anyway, so Darby Allen come out getting beat up or beating them all up was was a lot of fun. That was a great moment, of course, and like Dustin Rhodes coming out and helping, cause and then him just going straight after Jake Hager was was great. And then of course Moxley and Jericho going at it in the middle of the ring, it was all just great, perfect build up in every way for the uh, for the pay per view with all the aspects in that match. Uh, getting everyone getting everyone over with that was was awesome. Uh, right. Omega and Paige and the Lucha Brothers, the tag team title match. That was fun. Um, a lot of people liked a lot more than me just because a is really just not caring anymore about their tag rules and they, they haven't been for a while and it's just, and like, I, I get it. You know, I, I'm sure in their mind it's, we don't want to hurt what people want to do in the match just to follow the rules. So like, I get it, but it's also just kind of frustrating. So like this match was really good and a lot of fun and there was awesome moments. There was amazing moments actually. But it it definitely wasn't I definitely don't enjoy it as much as a lot of other people that were there that thought it was by far their like their favorite thing in the show. Which again, I get. I get, but to me it's just not as it doesn't have as much weight to it when it's just and the whole it's designed to be a spot fest match. I mean, it's it's done that, you know, that way on purpose. But I just, I just personally don't get behind those as much as as other things. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was
0: fine. I think yeah. I, I just feel like they've had like the same four tag teams fighting each other since the show mm-hmm. started, so it was good. Yeah. Like, it was a good match, but I was just like, yeah, I'm pretty sure they're not going to tease the Bucks versus Kenny Omega and Hangman Page, right. and then have a title change. I'm right. pretty sure that's not going to
2: happen. But but they did a great job of making you forget it, at least for for. When we were in the arena, and they had the spot mm-hmm. with Omega, when he takes the uh, – he took, like, four moves in a row. Um, I, oh, yeah, he took the Buckshot Lariat from from Hangman, and then he took the Missile Dropkick from Phoenix, and then he took the – whatever it's called, one of the finishers for um, Pentagon, all in a row, and then kicked out. And, then, like, they first – like, we were all kind of like, oh, oh. They're, they're switching the title, and then they didn't. And it was like, oh, okay. He just kicks out of four finishers, and it's fine. Um, because that's the recipe for these type of matches, which is just disappointing. But good gosh, man. Ray Phoenix is a freak. That dude is an absolute freak. Do you see the spot where he walked across the ropes to Hurricane Rana? Uh, Hangman, I think. Yeah. It was Hangman off the side. That was one of the most amazing things I've ever seen. And then later, he did another one where he, like, Springboarded off like the second rope into a hurricane rana off like on Omega like off the side. That was incredible. Both those were amazing. I've, n- I've never seen anything like it. <laughs> oh, that was that was awesome. So so even though it's not just not my favorite style of match, it was. I mean they all did a great job. It was great to see. uh, I never get I never seen Kenny Omega wrestle. So that was that was awesome. Obviously yeah, I've never seen most of these people wrestle. So. So that was that was pretty cool to get to to get to see, and it builds up at the end because the young bucks come out to congratulate him, and of course it just adds even more. Literally, you have them and Hangman fighting over Kenny, so that was a great visual, and mm-hmm. further, you know, it builds even more build up for their tag match at the pay per view. Again, all their storytelling is just so good. So then you have Cody and Wardlow steel cage match, which we already talked about a little bit. Again, Harris. Not much happened in this match. It was like 12 minutes long after the entrances or whatever, 12, 13 minutes long, and not a lot happened, and it didn't matter, because everything that needed to happen happened, and it felt like a big deal, because it was built as a big deal from the start, Ward Lohsman built up as a big deal, he's literally big, (laughs) and it's the first cage match in the company, Cody is the most over babyface in all of wrestling right now, I think that's without a shadow of a doubt. And it was scripted perfectly. You have Cody just get the crap kicked out of him most of the match. You have him immediately get busted open. Now, when I watched it back, I couldn't believe they did the busted open and the heat segment during the commercial break. That was shocking watching them back. I was like, wow, they did the whole heat spot and blood spot as the picture in picture thing which maybe is smarter cuz that's going to keep people from turn from like turning away even during the commercial. Mm, so maybe that maybe is so. smart but that was great uh everything about it was fun i thought the cage needs a little work it uh it i feel like they need to like secure it to the ground more or like something mm. cuz it just was bending like crazy and Cody's like falling in between the cage and the the ring and I was like, I don't know if this is supposed to be happening, but it seems not. But like, <laughs> I, yeah, I love the
0: design though. I thought it was oh, the yeah. perfect thing for like, for their sure. hell in a cell. Cause the thing about WWE is now that hell in a cell exists, steel cage matches are like Minor league hell in a cell, like they aren't as cool as they used to be. And if AEW was going to make this their big deal, their big blow off blood feud stipulation, Mm -hmm. I really like it. I think it's a perfect hybrid of the two. Like the way it's set up, it was very funny. I don't know if you caught this on commentary. This is my other hey, chill out, JR portion of the show. (laughs) But like right before the show, he's like, and just so you know. The, the escape attempts don't matter. If you get out, it doesn't matter. It's only pinfalls or submissions inside the cage, just like it should be, just like it always should have been. And I was like, geez, JR, what problem do you have with a steel
2: cage Okay, match? We, we all agree with that, though, Harris. <laughs> Escaping the cage no, is the dumbest no, stipulation in the history of wrestling stipulations. No, I get
0: it. It's just really funny coming from JR, because it makes <laughs> it sound like he's been stewing <laughs> over this for years. Well, he probably like if it has. Em- I don't think so, dude. I think it was it just would have made more sense if it was like Excalibur or somebody even it's maybe it's still kind of a weird like company shilly thing to do. But it was just funny coming from Jr. because it's like, man, you've been bottling some stuff up like it's it's fun. What was a little weird to me, though, is if the rule is it, it doesn't matter if you escape the cage, why do a spot where Cody's like about to crawl out the door?
2: He wasn't, like the it wasn't open. a spot where he was about to crawl out. It was just him just, I guess, I guess just resting there or whatever. Just
0: talking. I mean, you know, you get just the MJF smashed in the face with the cage door. So, like, that was fun. I was just like, why was he, why was the door open at all if you're yeah. not trying to. Sure, sure. It's fine. I got a problem with it. I was just like, you know, it just made me laugh. Yeah. Like, the, the, any time they go out of their way to be like, not like that other, you know, that other company out there, it just cracks me up. But yeah, that, it was a. You're right. It was like they didn't overcook it. It was a relatively short main event, but you got everything you wanted to see. You got the moment with Brandy. You got MJF just being yeah. an
2: absolutely and Arne, terrible
0: person. Brandy and Arn
2: out there for Cody and, and MJF out there. And th- there was the awesome spot. Now this is the thing I didn't get till okay, uh Tony Schiavone has a radio or um like a I guess they do it on Facebook Live and podcast or whatever, but with ninety two nine the game Every Wednesday at, like, noon or, or like, at 11, they do a live hour-long wrestling show with Tony Schiavone and, and some other guy, I forgot his name, on the show. And they had MJF on the one for this past week before, uh, before Dynamite.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And it was weird seeing MJF on a show for an hour. Like, it was very weird. But he made a big point, which I had never heard before, of he was like... Yeah, because at some point, Tony was like, well, you know, Cody has Arn as his new coach and everything, and he's like, yeah, about that. How does that make any sense? Who was the biggest rival to Arn Anderson his entire career? (laughs) And he's like, uh, Tony's like, uh, uh, Dusty Rhodes. He's like, Dusty Rhodes! So why would Arn now be coaching Cody Rhodes? It doesn't make any sense. And I was like, I don't see Arn. Arn might be just building to something bigger Tony he's like this might be something else he might be just trying to and I never heard I never even thought about that I was like yeah that makes a lot of sense it doesn't make any sense why Arn Anderson would be with Cody and so then when they did that spot in the match it was like oh oh man it's happening and, I mean, obviously he wasn't going to do it, but just the fact that they teased that thing, I was like, that is great. And, like, I wish they had harped on that more. I wish MJF had talked about that more, like, on the show. Like, because that, that's a great point to make as a heel, like, against your baby face with his manager. Right. And then, and then it, obviously it was to lead of the great moment where he just gets knocked in the face, and I don't care what happens. That's always fun to see. Same with when Arn just shoves him over the cameraman uh, with the Brandy Road spot, which was fun as well. Um, and then another thing with the storytelling of the match, Wardlow at one point hit him with the F10, which is his move where he, <laughs> where he spins around in like, a, like four circles and then launches Cody like across the thing because it's better than an F5.
0: Right. No, it's very subtle.
2: Uh, and he didn't pin him. And I remember being like, why is not he pin? And then it was like, oh, yeah, of course, because the whole point of this match is for Wardlow to destroy Cody so he won't be able to wrestle MJF at the thing. I was like, even that makes sense. So, um all that was done well. Uh Wardlow did get blown up though, which was kind of unfortunate. Although he still he still powered through it pretty well, except for the fact that he couldn't lift Cody up for the uh the military press spot, which I kinda felt a little bad for him. I was like, Ah, poor guy, he's blown up.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but like commentary sold this really well. The whole story of the match was, all right, this guy's obviously bigger and stronger than Cody, right. but Cody has been wrestling for way longer and he's sure. way smarter. Oh, so yeah. when little things like that happen, you're like, oh, okay, he gassed himself out because he doesn't right. know how to handle big matches. Like all of this stuff worked. They did a really good job of making him look strong, but making Cody look smart.
2: And that's which is not thing. something you
0: see a lot from, like, your top baby face in wrestling. Yep, and I know that's I've another
2: gone. thing which makes AEW, an, another thing that puts them better than WWE is the commentary team is not even in the same universe as WWE's. Like, not even think, close. They're I so think, much better in every possible way. And, and stuff like that, like you're talking about or in some of the other matches we've mentioned, where it so enhances the match, and that's the whole point of the commentary team.
0: I think that's a lot of that's on Cody too. I've been on the record being pretty indifferent about him in the past, but he's so good right now. Yeah. And he's like, he's, I mean, he's dusty's kid. Like he gets how to tell a story and get you to root for him. Mm -hmm. Even things like, like the spot on the side where MJF teases that he's about to just break brandy's nose like he's about to just dent yeah. her in the yeah, face. yeah 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 and you know he's not going
2: but, to, but, but you're still like, like but, Will, you know. but you're like but he could right but he and could like, like also, he's capable
0: if, if he did that would be brilliant like terrible don't hit women but oh my word that he you'd get for that if he just yeah. busted her open
2: <laughs> i'm telling you man it might happen but why do you didn't need to do it then you save that for another time right exactly but, uh, yeah, so all that was great. All the work was so good. The storytelling from start to finish was amazing. And then, of course, you get the spot where MJF is going to give him the ring to use, but Cody low blows him because he got low blowed earlier, so then it's okay for a baby face to do it. <laughs> and then takes the ring, clocks him with it, hits him with an awesome crossroads, and then he kicks out of it. And you're like, What? What? he just got hit in the head and crossroads and he kicked it out. And then Cody just doesn't even miss a beat. Just like, all right, fine. <laughs> I know what to do. And then just climb straight up to the top of the cage. And I've never seen it done this way in my life when there's been no hesitation ever. Cause it's always about, you know, you stop and you build the moments, which AEW does really well. I mean, even something like Darby Allen coming out and waiting on the top of the ramp instead of just rushing out to help. If you really think about it, you're like, that doesn't really make any sense. He would, like, try and be getting it out as fast as possible. But then, it, it like, that's 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 the way you're supposed to do it in wrestling. That's the whole point. You build the drama and everything. And Cody just flies off it immediately. Goes straight up there and just moonsaults. And you don't even have a chance to think about it. You're just like, what? Oh, he's climbing up. The- ah! Like, just immediately. And it was so much more effective. And then gets the pinfall from it. And it just led to the whole explosion of the end that wouldn't have been as good if he had, you know, built if you had built up the no, oh, is he gonna do it or oh, is it like it was done so much better that way, and it was it was perfect. I it think was absolutely part of that
0: perfect. might have been,
2: <laughs> I think that
0: might have been the nature of the spot too. Like Wardlow, like Wardlow's job was to stay right there and don't move and I'll moonsault into you. Mm -hmm. But the quicker he did it, the less time he had to think about where he was supposed to land and overthink it. You know what I mean? Sure, maybe. Like he had to jump while he still knew where he was and not overthink it too much.
2: Well, the other thing is (laughs) you see how good Cody is because the way he did this flip – like, the way he flipped quickly and then, like, flattened himself out to, like, fall safely. Like, even if Wardlow hadn't been there, which he kind of he didn't even hit him full on, but, like, if he hadn't been there, like, he still would have been able to probably land, like, in a face bump. Right. Like, you could see, like, you know, Cody's done a, a several, you know, acting things, and I know he, he's done several things with Arrow, and he, you know, with with the nature of people like that, he does his own stunts for stuff, and you can see the influence of maybe some of that just with the way he performed that move. Um, because he just did it so well. And so safely. I guess is a good way to say it. Uh, not 100% safely. Because he did break his toe. On uh, on landing on it. He, he broke one of his toes. I think his big toe. He like fractured it. Uh, apparently it's not like serious. And he's not going to have to miss any any time. But he did fracture his big toe. Uh, landing, landing that moonsault. But good gosh man. So perfect. And then he just, you know, he climbs up to the top of the cage, gets the final moment on the top. The camera's panning around him. You see him just yelling at at MJF, what's my name? That was awesome. <laughs> that was awesome. Dude, it's just goosebumps. Like, that whole – everything in – most of that match was, but especially the whole finish and the ending. is just goosebumps. Yeah. Just amazing way to end the show with him just on top of the cage in Atlanta after like their biggest show ever after, you know, beating all of the different things that MJF said in front of him. It was just amazing. It was awesome. And then after the show um, went off the air, he came back down, he came back down and was in the ring and and, and grabbed a mic and, and talked for about five minutes, just telling a story about the first time he ever really understood Wrestling and his dad, um, which was fr- after a show in the Omni, which is was at the same location right. as where State Farm Marina is, and uh, how his dad – I don't know if you watched the video, Harris, but he was saying that after a show, he said he was probably eight or so, he – you know, he knew his dad was famous, but he but he didn't really know anything, like, why or anything. Like, he knew he wrestled, I guess. Like, he would go to the shows, but he didn't understand any of it. And when he was leaving the arena, he was walking out with him and Dusty and Sting, he said, was there. And there was just a ton of people gathered in where they leave the building and go to where they park. You know, as fans do. They always find out where they're going to go. And so there's a big crowd of people. And Sting goes out, and just everyone goes crazy And he's not thinking about it. He's just like, oh, the car is over there. Let's go. And goes to walk out and his dad stops him and just goes, no, never steal another man's pop.
1: (laughs) Which is awesome.
2: And then he said, then his dad goes out and it was just like this deafening explosion of cheers and everything. And that was the moment where he was like, I want this. And he's like, I didn't even know. I wanted to be a wrestler. I just knew I wanted to be famous and have people cheer me like that. (laughs) And uh, that was just awesome. And then, you know, he said that this was the best show of Dynamite yet. And thanked, you know, Turner and everything. Uh, There was a bunch of Turner executives there, which makes sense because, you know, it's close by. So there was I know there was a lot of big high profile people at this show. And uh, and then he said, you know, like guaranteed they're going to come back to Atlanta and make this a big time town, which he also said on a, uh, an, an interview I saw earlier from like Tuesday on 11 Alive. He did a thing where he they were talking about just the importance of Atlanta and how much how how the interesting wrestling crowd that it is where he's like they're an entitled crowd. And he's like, and that's not a bad thing, like, because they expect a lot out of you. And I was like, that's a great way to put it. I know, like, we're not like a Boston or a Chicago or some of these other, like, great wrestling crowds. We're a lot harder to please than some of those crowds. That is true, because we were the hub of wrestling for so long between NWA and WCW. Like, it was such a hub that that is a good point that I didn't really think about, which is different compared to a lot of wrestling towns. But uh they definitely made a big deal of saying this is going to be a big a big part and a big uh, location for e- AEW, which is just so great to hear, man, cuz that is just that has not been the case since WCW in any way shape or form. And to have, I mean, I guess I guess NWA kind of started with their stuff last year. And so now having NWA and potentially AEW being kind of maybe semi even mainstays is just so exciting. Just as a as a wrestling fan and as, as this type of wrestling fan, it's it's just the best thing that I could possibly think of.
0: Yeah, it is pretty exciting. It's funny to me because obviously this is all I didn't get into wrestling until I was in college anyway. And it's wild to me that I grew up and I you know was briefly alive when Atlanta was this massive hub for yeah. the biggest professional wrestling company on the planet.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I just I just missed all of that like the Omni. like I know that's a thing that existed and there's a lot of great like history and wrestling history to it never saw that don't it, it's weird that it's associated with my town when I have no memory of it but it is cool to see that hopefully coming back you know we'll see how, how it goes but mm-hmm. it is it's a really exciting feeling
2: Yeah, so it was awesome. Uh, after the show, there was three Dark matches, which I don't know if all of them were going to be on this next episode of Dark, but I know Joey Janella and Kip Sabian had a false Count Anywhere match. I know that's going to be on the next uh, one on Tuesday. Um, To be honest, I don't really remember what the other ones were. I feel kind of <laughs> bad about that because I stayed there for it, but everything was so buzzed out after that cage match that I everything bet. else was kind of... I felt kind of bad. A lot of people stayed, but it was pretty dead. For those matches, because it was just, I mean, you just, how can you care about anything after that? Mm -hmm. Uh, But then, after they were all done for like about 10 or 15 minutes, Cody and the Young Bucks, um, and Kenny and uh, uh, SCU, I think, and several other people came out and just talked with the crowd for a while. They were throwing out like candy uh, (laughs) to people, they were throwing out like merchandise to, to people. Uh, and it was great because Cody went out and there was a kid like on, on his dad's shoulders, like probably in like the third or fourth row. And he goes out and like grabs the kid and brings him into the ring and then has him, uh, I forgot who he beat. The kid beat someone. And I don't remember who it was. He got super kicked by someone and then the kid pinned him. So that was pretty awesome. Getting to see stuff like that. And I'm just sitting there, and I was like, yeah, see, this is where WWE just doesn't get it. Like, they they don't market their their wrestlers to people. Like they market them as larger than life, which is good, but that's it. Like there's no interaction really. And I know they do meet and greets and some other stuff, but like if you're at a show, you're not going to interact really with most WWE superstars in any given show. There's not a lot of interaction. And so just seeing something like that, like these are the the heads of the company. Cody and the Young Bucks and Kenny are all executive vice presidents. Like They're basically the bookers, and they're just out doing this after the show. And so it was pretty cool, pretty cool to see. So props to them, amazing wrestling show, and I cannot wait for them to come back, and hopefully I'll still be around in the area for (laughs) uh, for when they come back, whenever that is, because it was awesome. It was awesome. I feel bad for you, Harris. I feel bad that you missed it.
0: I mean, I'm glad that I got to watch it at all. That was yeah, pretty, yeah, yeah, like That was still, that was my day off, was I got to leave the office at 8.15 <laughs> and go home and watch it, A.W. Like, that was, yeah, that was my off day, so that was pretty cool.
2: Yeah, I'm really glad you got to do that, too. Better than nothing, you know? Because your, your your tax yeah. season is, is, is rough. It's pretty brutal.
0: Okay, so, hey, speaking of, I have a humble suggestion. Uh, Since we both admitted that our schedules are getting a lot busier... And we just talked about AEW for an hour. How about this week we do your top 10 and next week we do my top 10 best and worst wrestling themes? Because otherwise this episode is going to be three hours long. <laughs> uh, all
2: right. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> that's more than fair. Um, all right. So that's that's all the AEW stuff. And yeah, we talked about that for a long time. Um, some other things. I don't have any David Arquette stuff. So there's not much going on with David Arquette this week. Um, yeah, unfortunately. uh for other stuff, Harris, Dallas Renegades, they have found it. They' found it and they're they they're they're a dominant force in the XFL now after a rough week one.
0: Yeah, the Guardians kind of went the opposite direction. They just got <laughs> lit up by the Battle Hawks today. And to be honest, like I watched a video afterwards of um, which you, you know you, you hate to see, but like I watched the celebration afterwards, and one of the Battle Hawks players like tears open a can of beer with his teeth, yep. and then like downs the whole thing like, like Stone Cold Steve Austin. And I was like, all right, I may have underestimated the Battle Hawks. They might be a pretty cool <laughs> team. I may have misjudged them. Um, that was pretty well done.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's so becoming I'm still, a thing, I'm still man. An Guardians fan. That's becoming a thing. Is those I'm, those I'm celebrations? In... But yeah, which is cool. I mean, I you know we we talked about this last week. I hope they continue to do
0: fun cartoony stuff to set them apart a little bit. Guardians got to dig deep and reevaluate some things. I know they had to bench their quarterback at halftime <laughs> last week. It didn't seem like they got anything better going on today. Yeah. So uh, you know we'll see. It is pretty funny watching like the team's social media account talk about like it's okay guys we'll get back and we'll get back there next week i'm like guys you've only been doing this three weeks it's like (laughs) nobody's heart's broken you know what i mean i know you don't want to lose but
1: nobody died
0: you know what i mean it's not like you lost a playoff game you just you know they, they got some work to do but like i said this is if this is the sports movie there's still a lot of time for them to go on this losing streak before they go on a winning streak so i'm not panicking yet
2: sure sure all right, but yeah, big win for the the Renegades, 24 to 12. Uh, sh- a second half slacking of the Dragons. It was it was it was a little weak first half, but they 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 did a little better in the second half. So that w- that was fun. I didn't watch any of it, but that was fun. I'm glad they won. Okay, now it's time to get to uh, I guess the final part of the show because this was this was very long because. There was a lot there was a lot to talk about. There was a lot to talk about with AEW. Right. It was a big deal. Okay, so what like,
0: or, we ordinarily this would be called our topic, but yeah, this will be it's a little less than, that. than AEW segment.
2: Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to try uh so one of the things I was like, you know what? I don't have time to do a lot cuz I I didn't. I literally did not have time to do a lot of research or anything of that capacity. So I figured well, why don't we just pick our top 10 wrestling themes, like our favorite ones, and then the ones we think are the worst. So here we are, and that's what we're going to talk about. Our favorite and least favorite, I guess is one way to put it, wrestling themes of all time. Uh, now, because we did take so long there, we are going to split this up, and I'm going to do my list this week, and then we'll do Harris's uh, lists next week so harris do you want to start with the best or the worst um i feel like let's let's go worst
0: because we talked about this a little bit before we started recording i think we both have a stronger emotional reaction to our favorites favorites
2: sure um so yeah we'll do the worst now this is uh this was an interesting list because I know you mentioned it earlier. It's it's kind of tough to... it's You don't remember the bad ones as much as far as wrestling themes. Because exactly. the whole thing with a wrestling bad one is you just forget about it. So, right. like, you just don't think about it. So, uh, some of these I did remember. Some of them I was just looking up bad wrestling themes and was like, Oh, yes, that is. Hmm. I'm putting hmm. that on the list. My number 10 worst theme... It's definitely bad, but I still kind of find a place in my heart, obviously. Because this is a song called Holla, which is the theme song of one Kelly Kelly. (laughs) Why do you hate this? I thought this would be like your jam. Because it's bad, Harris. Like, it is. I don't know what it is. Like, I can't tell this this female vocalist it sounds like she's like out of breath trying to do like a sexy voice but
0: it's just the weird the artist that comes to mind when as i listen as i listen to this is uh pussycat Dolls. that's the vibe i'm I'm getting from the song
2: a little but it's also generic and weird but i still like it just because it's kelly kelly but it's definitely not great I mean um, the thing about any wrestling theme, and
0: I'm sure I'll touch on this some next week, the first two seconds are the most important part because that's when you know, oh, this person's coming.
2: Yeah. And at least this has that. Like you it hear does. that and you pop. It it does. You're you're right. It does have that. Um Okay, so now moving on to number nine. Um this is one that uh uh well, we've talked about before, Harris. Um, this was back on the Mr. Wonderful episode with Gary Spivey, and this was not his normal theme song, but after he got a nice little pep talk and had a boost of confidence, he got a new theme song, and it was this song that's just very aptly titled Wonderful, and just has a guy crooning, I think is a good way to say, just the mm-hmm. word wonderful half the time. Mm-hmm. Like, this is a thing of beauty right here, Harris. It really is. But it's it also reminds horrible. me a
0: lot of. It reminds me a lot of Bobby Roode. It's like. <laughs> it, it immediately conveys exactly who this person is and what they're about.
2: That's a good Also, a good the comparison. comments
0: to this video, I looked up the song. Fantastic. We probably talked about this when we covered this in the show, but it's it's just fantastic. The best one is somebody said, "Oh yeah, he just appeared on raw. Too bad none of the kids or adults knew who he was."
2: <laughs> and then and then when it the second verse when it's just the 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 lady who comes in yeah. and then they both start duetting, it's just oh, it's it's perfect, Harris. But it's also horrible, so that's why it's on the list. It doesn't <laughs> mean I don't still love it, just like with the Kelly Kelly one. So that's uh, that's number nine. Pretty good. All right. Moving on from that, the next one is another one we have talked about before. Harris, we actually talked about it just a couple of weeks ago. Oh, boy. Because this is, of course, the Kerwin White theme. <laughs> because it's some weird Frank Sinatra ripoff singing about picket fences and my own privilege... And stuff like that definitely not racist uh, passive aggressive racist lyrics definitely not
0: the the worst thing about this is if you listen to him sing it and you don't know the situation it kind of does just sound like a Frank Sinatra song it's only when you read the (laughs) lyrics out loud like with no context that you're like this is one of the worst things I've ever heard
2: yeah it's pretty terrible so that's of course has to be on the list after hearing that the other week it it's like, also, oh I will
0: say, we can't do a whole show on this. I don't think one of the worst Titantrons of all time, like the video yeah. clips that are playing while this is <laughs> happening, because it's just Kerwin White, like with a, you know, with his little scarf on or whatever, turning around and going,
2: "Oh, hi there,"
0: over <laughs> just standing and over on a green screen over over again, with, a, with a house like, and a it,
2: picket fence in the background. Oh man, yeah, it's bad. It's it's, uh, it's pretty awful,
0: but it looks like something they put no thought into. And if that's what they were going for, it really worked.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's bad. So that, (laughs) that, that's why that's of course on there. So that's number, um, that's number eight. So now we got to move to number seven, Harris. This is an interesting one. This is another one. That's definitely not racist at all. Um, we're going to Mr. Kung Fu Naki. Hmm. Now this little gem came from uh, Funaki who's been around was around in WWE for a very long time as just a character Funaki but then at one point like in 2008 or 9 or whenever it was he kind of rebranded his character or probably more accurately someone rebranded it for him and he became Kung Funaki which I'm not going to lie Harris was incredibly entertaining because Funaki is hilarious, as you've seen just from his commentary stuff, he's absolutely hilarious. But uh, this theme is like kung the it's kung fu fighting mixed with like hip hop. I I don't even know what this is. I I, I have no idea. I, I've no. I don't know. It's just bad. That's all I know. It's bad. It sounds a lot like kung fu fighting.
0: Just listening yes. to, a, for, to a few seconds of it.
2: Yeah, I mean that—that that <laughs> it's pretty much it, but it's terrible.
0: Somebody said the original Shinsuke Nakamura.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right, yeah. So that's bad. Um, now it's time to move on to a uh, another. Another another terrible one, of course. That's the whole point. So we're moving to number six. This is one I had totally forgotten about till I was looking up bad entrance themes, and I was like, oh my gosh, I forgot about that. Harris, I'm just going to tell you the title of this song. It's called Biscuits and Gravy. Oh, I've heard this one. That's the name of the song, and it's the entrance Woo! song for Jesse and Festus. Now, Harris, you weren't watching wrestling. When Jesse and Festus were a thing. This was like 2007 or something like that. But you might Mm -hmm. recognize Festus. Because Festus is now known as Luke Gallows. Yep. But at this point, he was a guy who I'll just say was not mentally there until the bell rang. Yep. And then the bell would ring and he would like power up and then just destroy people. Because Luke Gallows is a huge guy. And his handler, for lack of a better term, was Jesse, who was smaller and had long blonde hair and wore a singlet. That's all I really know about his character. And this was their theme. It doesn't make any sense. It basically just says biscuits and gravy with this weird country beat over and over and over and over, Mm -hmm. which I guess fits with the characters. So that's really all I have to and say about that. Isn't there a that. point
0: where they're like, "Isn't there a point at some point where the lyrics are like, but you you messed with my biscuits and now I'm angry at you' or something like that?" I'm sure. I'm going to be on lyrics. I'm going to be on lyrics detail sure. here. Hang on, let me look. Yeah, like that's this. one let thing me, I did let me not check this do. Shop. I did
2: not. I did not pull up the lyrics for all these songs. I should have. I should have. All right. Um, but one of the things they say something all about you. All right, man. St- hang on. I. At one point, they say like you stepped on my gravy or something like that, and I don't know what that means. Um. It's just, it's bad. It's bad.
0: Okay, hang on. Let me, I'm gonna do like a dramatic reading and this is how we can do it. Like the song can just play in the background and I'll, you know, I'll just read it.
2: Yeah, I don't know biscuits
0: if... Biscuits and... This sounds like a Dr. Seuss poem. <laughs> I'm gonna read this. I'm about to read this whole thing. Okay, please do. Biscuits and gravy made me a man. All biscuits and gravy made me all that I am. And over and over, something you've always been. I don't I, – I, That's that seems unrelated. I don't know what that is unless they're talking to the biscuits in that scene. <laughs> they probably are. I right. Don't you go threatening. Don't you go messing with me. Better close your eyes because something coming that you shouldn't see. Uh, biscuits and gravy fit for a king. All biscuits and gravy shoveled and clean. Wait, What? Shoveled and clean.
2: I don't feel like those go together.
0: I don't either. But you stepped on my gravy. Oh, now I got to get more. Oh,
2: oh, how? Okay.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't know.
2: Are they eating on the floor? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, it's not good. We played that for way longer than should anyone should have listened to any of that. But, Can uh, I just
0: pause? While I'm on lyrics duty, I looked up Kung Fu Naki, and <laughs> the only things you need to know are in the second verse, gotta believe he wasn't born in Milwaukee, might have grown up in Nagasaki.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were really uh, working real hard on these rhymes. It's real subtle. Yeah. Oh, boy. Um. All right. So all that right. was number Five. Five uh the worst so now it's time or no this that was number six so this is number five yeah this is number five now harris this isn't even a theme it's literally just sounds because this is the right to censor and i really hope you do an episode on the right to censor at some point harris because it's right I, up I thought, your alley yeah but have you heard their theme it's just sirens, isn't yes, it? Yes, it's it's like a car alarm, like four of them going off at one time. And it's the most ear-piercing noise in the world. They have kind of a little drum beat going on in the background, but it's just sirens. Over and over and over, and I'm not going to play this anymore, because I can't listen to it anymore. But, uh, <laughs> that's all it is. So, c- come on. Like, do something. Like I get it. I, I guess it works for the, the the faction, but it's it's terrible. It's terrible. So yeah. <laughs> Nobody needs to listen to that. Um now, shout out to whatever four songs you're
0: about to talk about that are literally worse than just <laughs> silence.
2: <laughs> oh, they are. Um okay, so now we're going back to WCW. This is um mid early mid 90s and we have Of course, the American Males theme. (laughs) I mean... Come on. This one doesn't even need anything to say to it. Like, Buff Bagwell's old theme. I forgot the name of his partner. I'm sorry. I forgot the other guy. But... It's like it starts off okay. It's kind of this weird little kind of funk... Little beat. But then they just say American American Males males over and over in different pitches. (laughs) And that's it. It's like it's like it's it's like like Beach Boys sounding harmonization, and then it like kicks into this like mid '80s rock and roll beat. I don't even know, man. But this came out in like '95 or like '93 or something. (laughs) Now I get where this came from because this was in the mid the early 90s and WCW had a bunch of themes that sounded like this that were done in this in this style. Sting's was like this, the Steiners were in this style. But both those still kind of worked. This one is just it's horrible. It's horrible. It's just American males, American males, American males over and over and over as the chorus. So yeah. That's my uh that's my number four worst, worst song, because that's pretty bad. Again, Stings is goofy, and some people will point to his because it is pretty goofy and definitely dated, but it's also fun, so I, I don't have a problem with it. And the same with the Steiner's theme. The Steiner line theme is goofy too, but it's it's still fun, so so those don't make the list. But this one does because it's terrible. Um, We need to go to another one. This one is widely known as... A lot of people will view this as the worst one of all time. I
0: think I'm, I might know where we're going with this.
2: There, there's many that have this as the number one worst wrestling theme. And this is, of course, mid-2000s Rob Conway called Just Look At Me. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> the Randy Newman song. Yep. That no one would ever think that this song is a wrestler's theme. Ever like gu- you could gun yeah. to your head anyone, even a wrestling fan, unless they are aware of like how like because of how bad it is that it's kind of famous, but even a, no one would know that this is a wrestling theme. This is the least wrestling theme, wrestling theme in the history of wrestling themes, ever. Like what is this? Now is it explain? Is it actually a Randy Newman song, no. or is it just meant no. to sound like it's one? Just so it's just like not meant to a sound legit, like it's one. Just
0: a, It's that's even worse. I know the knockoff Randy Newman song. It's so bad. It's terrible. It's
2: awful. It really is. It's just like I've had my way with many, many girls. Like what? Oh, it's so bad. How can you be so good at everything? Like, oh, my gosh, this is terrible. This is awful. That's enough of that. So that's, uh, that's that one. All right, moving on. The second worst one, which this one came right at the end. I already thought I had a list ready, um, but then I had f- totally forgotten about this one, Harris. This one is atrocious, and it is, of course, Brie mode. Brie mode, the Brie Bella entrance theme. I thought
0: this is where you were going with the last one. This is, it is always what comes immediately
2: to mind so bad. What is this song, Harris? What is this? It starts Dude, with a badly ah, so auto-tuned BREAM and then just goes into the most generic pop beat you've ever heard in your life.
0: Mm-hmm. Like regardless of how you feel about the Bellas, who are going into the Hall of Fame by the Which way, Which is, not touch on that because
2: again, I get it, but it's stupid. Like I hate I, these people going in so early. That's what I hate about it's it. It's funny because Shawn Michaels was the tangent, first one. Is. Shawn Michaels was the or no uh no 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 Edge was the first one and it was a big deal because right. like he had just got his neck hurt and he had to retire so he went in the next year. Or right. no uh no sorry I keep getting fused. Shawn Michaels was the first one. They did Shawn Michaels the next year. After he had retired but from The Undertaker. And then they did it with Edge because he had to retire so quickly. And so I get it for, like, these. They just have been out of wrestling. Why are we putting them in already? It
0: is funny how the timing really does impact how you feel. Because if you tell them, like, oh, yeah, one day they'll be in the Hall of Fame. You're like, oh, yeah, for sure. Like, sure. You like, know, you're whatever. Right. I mean, I don't agree with it, but, like, I get it. They, no, I, they gave I, them it doesn't offend and, me. You're just kind of like, yeah. wow, really? Like, instantly. Like, they've been retired... I feel like they did a WrestleMania angle like two years ago, yeah. and they're just wow. All right, they did, and they're but already. But either way, in. like okay, but this is where I was going with this. Nikki's theme, whether you like it or not, is like all right. This mean, is iconic. You mean the Bellas theme? Something.
2: Yes, the Bellas you're like, theme. This? It's not Nikki's theme. It's the Bellas theme. Whatever, but you know what I mean. It fits that it's character. Whatever, and it's something you hear sure. it, and
0: you're like, I know what this means. I know what she stands for, and she does that little thing where she comes out, and she shakes her booty to it. Sure. So you know you have like a positive association with that song to some sure. to some degree because we're just animals. That's but, but <laughs> nothing. There's nothing. That's nothing. It's oh geez, it's like so they terrible. were tr- they were clearly trying to get that like first three seconds rule. Like, yeah. it's iconic. It's just iconic for the wrong reasons. You know yep. what I mean? It's the opposite. Like, on one end of the spectrum, this might be a spoiler alert. I don't know what's on your list. But on the one end of the spectrum, you have, like, the glass shatters. And on the other end of the spectrum, you have Bree Mode. Yeah. That's the spectrum.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that's a good way to put it. Um, Now, that one could be number one. But, Harris, this one was the easiest one. This one was number one from the start, and then I worked backwards from here. Th- there was no question that this is the worst wrestling theme of all time for many reasons. Of course, I'm talking about Hornswoggle's theme. <laughs> One, I didn't see that coming. Hornswoggle is the worst. Look, the guy, whatever. I got nothing against the guy whatsoever. But this is the worst wrestling character in the history of wrestling ever. The worst <laughs> character ever. Period. In any company, anything. Gobbledygooker. I don't care. Nothing has been worse than Hornswoggle. No, Swaddle.
0: Mark. I don't I don't think you get it, right? Cuz he's a leprechaun. It's the That's worst character. Funny he's of all a little time. person.
2: It's worst really character, funny character, the most unwatchable person ever. Again, <laughs> nothing against the guy whatsoever. He's just doing his job. No problems with him. But I hate this character so much and I hate this theme so much. It's just the worst of everything. It's so bad like just makes me want to rip my ears out again it's very subtle (sighs) I hate it all right now I'm in a bad mood after that so we gotta go to better themes Harris let's do it now this was hard this is so hard um because there are like there's so many themes that I love Uh, so I have a couple of honorable mentions that that I want to briefly, just very briefly mention. One of those is, of course, Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy's theme, one of the most underrated themes of all time. Live for the Moments by Monster Magnet is amazing. Just, and this is that three seconds roll where it just starts with just just the, oh yeah! And it's just, immediately know what's going on. And fires you up for this match, like it is awesome. So that is incredible. Um, that that's definitely an honorable mention. Wanted to put on the on their Sting's WCW theme. Uh, I I love as well. Um, that he didn't use in WWE for no reason whatsoever. Um, just the very ominous organ music playing when he was the Crow Sting. Fantastic. Fits perfectly with the character. And I really like that one, so that was an honorable mention as well. Um, another honorable mention: Kazuchika Okada, his Rainmaker theme. I love that is thing. That thing is awesome with like the the coins dropping at the beginning, and then just that. I don't even know what it is, but this this the guitar that just kicks in. It's fantastic. It fits perfectly with the character as well, and it just screams big deal. Like you know, you're everything about Okada. You know you're watching the best when mm-hmm. when he's coming out, and I, I love that. That's an honorable mention. Um, the uh, the Wolfpack NWO theme, which a bunch of people crap on, don't understand. I love it. It's this goofy '90s hip hop beat that's just like do 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 do. And it's just great. And it's just these terrible lyrics of Wolfpack is back and all this stuff. Like, it's terrible. But it's but I like it because it's fun. And the Wolfpack were cool even if some people didn't like it. Um, so that one's honorable mention as well. Another one is the Road Warriors theme. Not their WWE garbage. But when they were in NWA and AWA and early on, you know what they came out to, Harris? Harris? They came out to Iron Man by freaking Black Sabbath.
0: Dude, dude.
2: fantastic. Dude, the Road Warriors coming out with Dana and then I am Iron Man. How does anyone like not just immediately run away who are in the ring? Like scripted or not, Uh, how do you not just bolt? I would be terrified of these. I'm terrified of these guys anyway. This
0: is a sidebar. This is a sidebar, but the next major wrestling company to do, like, a series of squash matches to establish a big star, like, I think of Braun Strowman, like, beating up three guys in the ring at once or whatever. Just once, I want to see the guy leave. And not, like, he tries to (laughs) run away and they bring him back. No, like, he gets away. Like, the big monster wins by count-out because he's just like, well, (laughs) alright. Okay, cool. I'm here. That's a fantastic concept. But you're right, because they were terrifying human beings anyway. I love, like, I don't know if we'll get any more of these in your list, but I'd love any example of a wrestler using a theme that's already existed. Like, a lot of the ones that are written for them are great, too. Yeah. But particularly the ones that, like, they just took, they got the rights to somehow. Well, because those are also
2: usually, like, the best songs anyway because they're already iconic songs. So one of those is this next honorable mention, which is, of course, Ric Flair's theme. Now I wanted to put this on my list, but unfortunately I just had to make cuts to get it down to ten. And so this this was on <laughs> the honorable mentions because it's 2001: A Space Odyssey, which is one of the most iconic movies ever. And when I watch right. the movie, I'm like Rick Flair.
0: Yeah, absolutely. he literally
2: stole one of the greatest movie themes ever, and nobody well, even and it, cares about it as a movie theme because he made it so much more iconic.
0: Well, and that's I mean that's a piece of classical music like that right. existed before the movie. Like, right. That whole movie is scored by classical music. But it is simultaneously so iconic for 2001 A Space Odyssey. R- right. But also every time you hear it, you go,
2: Woo! Yep. Just and instinctively. A- another and, and again, he was the early one of the early ones, even with theme music at all. That, not yeah. Before theme music was even a thing. So of course I had to put that on there. Another one I really wanted to put on there, but again, I just didn't have room. Harris, I do want you to look this one up if you haven't looked up any yet for the honorable okay. mentions. This is Samoa Joe's TNA theme. Like, and I actually didn't play it too early. Like, this opening is amazing, and his WWE theme stinks compared to this. This open is just awesome, and then it kicks into the beats. Oh, this just fires me up so much, man. This is awesome. The Nation of Violence is the name of the song. And it is just... Awesome, and I miss this so much From him in WWE because it's just it's fine, but it's nowhere near as good as this nowhere near as good This thing is just a thing of beauty That I mean, it's just awesome. It, it, it's so good. It's so good. So much young better. Samoa Joe is just hilarious to watch What do you mean hilarious?
0: I mean, like, not in a bad way. It's just good, but, like, knowing him from when he started in WWE and then looking back at, like, little baby Samoa Joe, it's just funny. Yeah, but... He's not, still good. Like, he's still intimidating. He's never, you know, comical in that sense, but it's just yeah. funny to
2: see him. Yeah, that theme is amazing. All right, so now we're getting to the real ones, Harris. Top 10. My top 10 favorite wrestling themes. Again, favorite, not best. Favorite wrestling themes. That's a the difference. So there's a lot of these... <laughs> That I that uh, you'll be like, how in the world did you not have these on there? And it's because they're not my favorites. They're great, but they're not my favorites. I'll tell you right now, probably the five most iconic ones I don't have on here. So just uh, keep that in mind before people freak out. Most of your favorites are not on here because they're not my favorites, so suck it. All right, number 10, you got to start with the sexy boy himself, Sean Michaels. Wow. This, you talk about a song that is just perfect for who it is and can phase everything about him within the first two seconds. And that is Sexy Boy, sung by Shawn Michaels as well.
0: (laughs) Right. One of my favorite jokes about wrestling is whenever people are like, yeah, when I was a kid, I always thought that the wrestlers were singing their own themes (laughs) because there's a lot of wrestlers where several of them did. Right, and there's some where that's true. There's also some where you're like, yeah, I can see Big Show singing his own theme <laughs> song. Like, I yeah.
2: Yeah, that's fair. But uh, Shawn Michaels' theme is just amazing, man. It's great. Shawn Michaels is one of my first... He was one of my handful of first favorite wrestlers. Mm-hmm. still is. And it's just... This is just great. It's also it's great.
0: very funny... To see – because he's still obviously an incredible performer and it still fits him well, but to see him coming out at like WrestleMania 25 to that song, he's very <laughs> clearly like a grizzled old cowboy man at this point. Yeah. It's still a great song, but it's just the, the contrast makes it even funnier.
2: Oh, I totally agree. I totally agree. Um, It's one of those where it was done with this like heel character and the way he was, but then like it just still works even later. Even though it maybe it shouldn't, but it just does. Uh, all right, so that's number nine. Uh, that's number eight, uh, ten. whatever. That's th- the top ten. All right, next one. My first favorite wrestler of all time, of course, Mr. Ray Mysterio and Buyaka Six One Nine. Fantastic. Sung by POD, one of my favorite bands growing up as well. So it was a perfect combination. POD. And their style of, like, rap, uh, like, uh, metal, rap, reggae sound, perfect for the mid-2000s where they were popular, fits perfectly with Rey Mysterio and with this song, and it's awesome. And I heard, and I saw this list on some of the worst themes list that I was looking up, and those people are morons and can go die. Because this that song is, is amazing. And people are saying, oh, his first WWE theme was better. No. It was really good, but it was not better than this. Yeah, it was fun. It was really fun. It is good. But this is awesome. Just, it, it's great. And P.O.D. got to sing it live at WrestleMania um, in 2006, WrestleMania 22, when he won the title, the world title for the first time. So it's just, it's awesome. I love this song. Listen to it all the time growing up. <laughs> so that is number nine. Moving on, we have the most recent one on my list, Harris. 'Cause there's not a lot of recent ones, because again, these are favorites, so most of favorites are gonna go back to our, to uh, you know, older ones just by default. Uh-huh. uh-huh. This is the most recent one because I freaking love it. And it's so perfect, and it's one that you don't like, but I adore it. And it's of course Cody Rhodes and his kingdom. AEW <laughs> theme. How it starts with there's with wrestling has more than one royal family. And then it kicks into this song, Kingdom, and it is perfect for Cody. And it is chill-inducing every time he makes an entrance. Okay, let me just say
0: this, I, because I, I know we've talked about this off the air. I don't dislike this song, and I agree with you that the chorus is perfect. It's a great entrance, and like they did the, like, at this this most recent episode of Dynamite, they just jump straight into it, and it's awesome. It's got this great sense of forward momentum to it. I genuinely do, like, I get it, I like this song. My problem with this song is that because he commissioned it for himself as a pro wrestler, the lyrics to the verses, like, they couldn't think of anything. So they're like, you know, there's some balance wrestling songs have to hit between, like, high energy, I'm coming to beat you up, but also, like, it's just, so, it's, it's just vaguely angry and high energy. And the only problem I have with this song, and I agree it's a good song, but the verses are literally just like, hi, it's me,
2: Cody Rhodes. Don't care. Backstage at this wrestling show. I like Like, that, though. It's too on the nose. I I liked wrestling themes are supposed to be customizing on the nose. I love that. That's too, no, but not about the fact that he's a pro wrestler who's coming to put on a show for you. I like it. Dude, I that little, look, I the like little, the song. I respect it. The little fill into the main the main chorus with my father said when I was younger, hard times breed better men. Oh, yeah. No, that's really good. Oh, my gosh. It's amazing. Lights go down. I'm ready now. Ah, oh, it's amazing, man. It's that little that little pre-chorus into the chorus is just chill inducing. And it's oh, I love it. I love it. Fantastic theme. So, big fan of Cody's theme. Alright, moving on. Number 7. Might be controversial. Don't care, because the theme's amazing. And it is... Chris Benoit's... theme song, Whatever. Which is... one of the coolest intros to any song of all time. How it just kicks in... with this guitar wail. And it is freaking incredible it does this little like build up and you slowly hear the guitar come in and then it just kicks and it's awesome i'm listening to it now i just didn't want to talk over it as i was playing it here yeah for sure that little guitar squeal is awesome
0: oh yeah no that's very good that's a very good choice
2: and it was Chris Benoit, who's just the most vicious dude ever coming out to this. Oh, man,
0: dude. I was going to say, and he's just like, he's just stocky, like to the gills.
2: He's literally he's a pit bull. He's a bulldog yeah, just, just coming big, out to the ring.
0: Big, tough, mean, lumpy human being coming out to this guitar. Yeah, no, that's a good
2: It's It's that's awesome. A good choice. So it's a shame. Again, we'll never hear it anywhere uh, for obvious reasons. But it's just, I love this song. And I'll listen to this song all the time. This is a go-to gym song, for sure. I mean, you'll freaking run through a brick wall after listening to this song. So, fantastic. But don't do
0: that, because then you'll get a
2: concussion. Yeah, don't actually do that. Don't actually do it. Um, Alright, so that is number seven on my list. Number six on the list, another one of my all-time favorites. And I feel like this is one that nobody talks about, but everyone... Really, really likes, but just for some reason it's not mentioned enough. And this is, of course, Just Close Your Eyes by Christian's theme. This is an underrated wrestling theme because it's incredible. Just right from the start, how it just builds in, just hits go and goes right into the chorus. It's awesome. This is an epic theme. And Christian coming out, doing his, his uh, looking for the peeps up on the top. Or uh, up on the top of the stage, and then as he comes down, this is just an epic-sounding song, and I love it.
0: Dude. This is—I never heard this song before, but yeah, Wait, no, I've I, never I heard this. That's—I don't know, dude. I know nothing about Christian, like at all.
2: You've never heard this song. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, it's man. great though. I'm adding it to my playlist. <laughs> it's fantastic.
2: Yeah, this song's amazing. I love this song, and I'll listen to this song at like. Oh, all these, Most of these songs are songs that I'll just listen to all the time, just myself. Like, oh yeah. Just, that are just great songs, and this is one of them. Very, very underrated theme song is Christian's wrestling theme. So, fantastic one. So that is number six. Moving on to number five. This is much like the Samoa Joe one, where I really, really miss it because it's so much better than their current theme. This is AJ Styles' And his Get Ready to Fly theme from TNA, which was sung by Grits, the uh, Christian hip-hop group. And it is awesome. His original song, I Am, was really, really good, and I love it too, but this one's a little bit better. And seeing AJ Styles make an entrance without the chorus blaring I Am, I Am, just doesn't feel right to me, even to this day. Because this is AJ Styles I loved. Growing up, and his theme song was so, because all his different versions had the "I am" chorus through all of his songs, and that just mm-hmm. to me is AJ Styles. And so hearing him not have that and have this really generic, not that great WWE theme, I miss this song so much because it is awesome, and it's Grits who I like too, <laughs> so that makes it even better. Everyone forgets about Grits too, but yeah, this this theme's awesome. Fantastic theme, and I love it. So, um, I had to pick one of AJ Styles' themes, and so definitely go with that one. So that's number five. Number six, an easy one, Harris. This one's on your list, guaranteed. Probably number one. And it's, of course, Living Color and Cult of Personality, CM Punk's theme. Because, come Talk on. Talk about man. that
0: three second rule, man.
2: This is one of those where it's not even fair. Like, this song would make my list anyway. Like, I love this song. Anyway, like I was already a huge fan of this song for years before Punk started using it in WWE. And then he started using it and made it even better. Because this song's just incredible. And fits everything about him perfectly. Now look, I love his other mm-hmm. theme too, and part of me wanted to put that as an honorable mention. The Fire Burns by Killswitch Engage. Because that's a great theme too, and that fits him really well too. But come on man, it's freaking Cult Personality by Living Color. That's going to be on a list of top themes just regardless because of the song. <laughs> so, of course, CM Punk pulse personality. And I need to be careful because I'll just listen to this entire song right here and not even talk for the rest of the podcast because it's amazing. So, yeah, if there's ever one that's going to be a crossover with uh, mine and Harris's, that's that's pr- that's probably the one and and might be the only one, to be honest. All right. So that's number four number three back to WCW I talked about sting earlier so of course we have to talk about the other one of my number one favorite WWE wrestlers which is of course Goldberg and the song invasion which is just arguably one of the top most fitting songs for any wrestler of all time okay
0: now you know we were talking about this earlier I think Goldberg might have predated Kurt Angle in terms of fans cheering on, singing on during the song.
2: Yeah, but that had nothing to know. do with the song, man. That that happened literally all day. No, I know, but day. I still
0: it counts. You do it in the like the rhythm of the song; it still works. I'm I'm counting that as fan participation.
2: I guess, but like the Goldberg thing had like it would just happen always. Like the song didn't even. Wouldn't even play or anything, yeah. and it would just be reverberating. All right, through the arena. Now I've
0: been, I, I've been waiting for a chance to ask this, so you don't have to answer now. But at some point, I want you to tell us which of these, um, which of these themes you would love to reenact an entrance to. Like my
2: dream hm.
0: for WWE, if they ever create a physical. Hall of Fame, you know how they have the College Football Hall of Fame in Atlanta, and right. there's different like interactive things you can do, and you can kick field goals and all this stuff? Yeah. The WWE Hall of Fame needs a ramp and a ring, and you do entrance
2: karaoke. They, Pick
0: your song, they did go that. out
2: there and do it. They do right. that at so, WrestleMania.
0: Right, they have that event, right? We've talked about
2: this. I did that. I did the Miz, and I dropped the belt.
0: <laughs> okay, so, well, I. you know, again, you don't have to answer this now, but I want to hear which of these themes that's that's your go-to if you're doing entrance karaoke. If, if I, the get, if the I Miz, get to do, gonna...
2: if I get to do the full thing, it's gonna be Goldberg. If I can stay right? in the locker room and someone can knock on the door and then I walk Just out walk with the out. police in a line oh, both to me and then walk to the ring and they and then get showered in sparks, breathe smoke, and then throw punches and kicks to explosions. Are you kidding me?
0: got to be one of the best feelings this is the greatest
2: entrance of all time of any wrestler ever and it is not close goldberg has the greatest entrance of all time and there's not a close second i don't care who you are you can put up any other wrestler's entrance and it is not even close to goldberg's entrance from start to finish the entire production and everything about it it's the best one of all time and the uh, cool thing
0: about that well any great wrestling entrance but goldberg's is definitely like one of the top tier of those examples is the bigger the match and the bigger the moment the better the entrance oh, is
2: gosh yes
0: oh boy like i was re-watching um i was rewatching that match in the georgia dome with hulk Hogan. oh yeah where the entire city of atlanta is just going bananas outside and that's an incredible entrance it's oh, so good. yeah
2: Yes, yes, it is, it is. Every time Goldberg made an entrance, it could have been on Thunder, anything, it felt like a moment, like it, (laughs) it was just, oh, it's amazing, and his theme, it's a generic library theme in the Turner Library, Um, all the WCW ones were, the Stings, the NWO theme, they were all just generic music, and somehow are just, were used perfectly in certain instances, and this is one of them, where it's just perfect perfect and i'm very happy wwe went back to the actual one instead of the garbage remake they did in 2003 when he came back so i'm glad they're back to this one so that had to be in the list that's number three number two of course harris number two has to be my favorite wrestler of all time and his theme which is of course jeff hardy and no more words because it's amazing. And at one point, this was the most listened to song on my iPod. Like, <laughs> by a lot. It was like at 200 and something listens. And the next closest one was like at 90 something song. Like, I listened to this on repeat non-stop. And the fact that he came back to WWE and they didn't use this song for the two years he was back still makes my blood boil. Because it's amazing it's perfect it's kind of it kind of resembled the original their the original hardy boys theme a little bit so it had some familiarity but then it was totally different and it's just epic sounding and it's perfect for jeff hardy because it just feels it's like positive and comes out and everything it just fits everything about him and it's awesome absolutely awesome and i love this song This is definitely one of the more personal ones where it's just like, I remember listening to this nonstop, like, I don't know, 12 years ago. And it's it's awesome. I love this song to this day. No more words, Jeff Hardy, number two. Number one, Harris, I... Man. Yeah, what? I was just going to say, you
0: just hit the two that I thought for sure would be your number one. So I'm really curious to see what this is.
2: (sighs) Harris... You know, okay, we've talked about some of them it's just like just great songs, you know, and some of them just have, you mm-hmm. know, like, like Cult of Personality. Like that has to be there just because of that song by Living Color is just such an amazing song. Because of that same thing, part of me kind of wanted to put Bad Reputation somewhere because Ooh, yeah, it's that's freaking Joan job. Jett and that's an amazing song anyway. And then Ronda uses it, which is awesome. So that's along the similar vein of this one as my number one theme. Because I hate this person. So no. much.
0: No way.
2: But the number one theme is Edge and Metalingus, because it's freaking Metalingus by Alter Bridge, Harris.
0: Upset of the century? But it's Wow. Nuts. I'll be honest, dude. I really, I really thought you were going to put this on your not top ten, just out of sheer spite.
2: I can't. I can't do it, Harris, wow. because Alter Bridge is one of my all-time favorite bands. And this is... Probably the best song that they've ever done, at least in the top three. (laughs) It's up there with Blackbird and Come to Life. And this song is so amazing. It's a great song. That even though it is freaking Edge, who I hate with every fiber of my being, it's the greatest wrestling and my favorite wrestling intro theme of all time because out of all of these, it's my favorite song out of all of these songs. So by default, it has to be number one. Because I will listen to this song every day because it's Alter Bridge and I love Alter Bridge. And this song's amazing.
0: And it's, I'll be honest, I know, we, we all know how you feel about Edge's return. The lyrics just mean so much more right now. Don't care. When he's back for one more run.
2: Don't care. None of that matters. I, it's all despite that stuff. But Well,
0: for the rest of us, we appreciate that. I promise you.
2: I'm sure. So I hate putting Edge on anything positive. That's
0: that's incredible, man. I did not see this coming at all. Like, genuinely. I'm in shock right now.
2: It's Alter Bridge, man. Alter Bridge wins. Because Alter Bridge is just awesome. I absolutely love them. They're one of the handful of bands I go out and immediately buy their albums as soon as they come out. One of the, just a handful of groups that I do that with still. So, yep. That's my top ten. That's my top ten all-time... Uh, All-time wrestling themes. We got Shawn Michaels, Sexy Boy, Rey Mysterio, Buyka 619 Cody with Kingdom, Chris Benoit, whatever, Christian, Just Close Your Eyes, AJ Styles, Get Ready to Fly, CM Punk, Colts Personality, Goldberg, Invasion, Jeff Hardy, No More more Words, and then Edge and Metalingus at number one. So there we go. There we go. Those are my top ten. So, uh, this was
0: great. I'm really glad we decided to do me next week. Number yes, one, because yes, I too. would like to go to bed soon. <laughs> but number two, because now like I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, like, okay, i got to add a couple more things to my honorable mention. And not just stuff you named, but sure. just talking about it. You know, you get your wheels turning.
2: Yeah, I, and please don't like revamp your list because you're like, oh, I don't want to do
0: those. I don't so. think – well, no, we don't have a lot of overlap. I, I knew that, so, and I
2: made that yeah. as a point too. Like, look, I'm not picking Stone Cold. I'm not picking – the Rock. I'm not picking any of these themes because I, I agree they're great, but I don't care about most of them nearly as much as I care about some of these other ones.
0: See, I'll I'll get into this some next week, but I really think there is something to be said. Like, those two songs in particular great examples of this. Like, that is a great like opening three seconds, like that three-second rule or whatever. Yeah. And those are great performers. There is something to be said, I think, if you're sitting here talking about great wrestling themes for finding a balance between, like, is this a good song, period? Is this a good wrestling song? Like, maybe objectively, like, just taken on its own. It's not good, but it accompanies a wrestler well. Yep. There's a balance there, you know what I mean? And I think for those two, like, I think those are, yeah, I like those songs. I listen to them. Same with Undertaker. Oh, see, now we're about to fight.
2: I'm not listening to Undertaker's Dead Man theme on repeat anywhere. Just not. But it's perfect. I I don't want him to have anything else. I love it. If he's coming to the ring, but other than that, I'm I'm probably not going to listen to it.
0: Like I said, there is so like you know there's there's a calculus you make between like is this a great song or is this a great performer? Because right. I had that thought too, and I tried I to mix that
2: list. with with yeah. kind of the way I looked at stuff. I kind of tried right. to mix that for the most part. Like obviously some of those aren't Shawn Michaels. That's not a great song, but it's perfect. Right. And right. so there there's a mixture of both in there. But anyway, that was fun. It was fun to do. It was a good thing I could do quickly without having any time at all this week. So right. that was uh, – it worked out nice. And that paired with, you know, talking about AEW and going to the show, we were able to fill an, an even extra long version of the show. So yep. you guys are welcome. We gave you even more content when we were less prepared. Who else does that? No one. I feel like we <laughs> tell you that. So, yeah, that will do it for this week. Uh, next week it will be Harris's turn to give us top uh, top 10 list and not top 10 list. So we'll see if anyone actually wants to stick around to listen to the same type of episode again. I think you should, because I can't wait to hear what Harris's are. So I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, all right, to so make sure and follow us on Twitter at Behind underscore Gorilla. We always follow back wrestling fans. And send us any, uh, any episode suggestions. There's a really dumb thing in wrestling history that you want us to talk about. please. Send it our way. We'll be happy to get to it. Also, uh, tweet us and, and tell us what your favorite wrestling themes are, and tell us how terrible we were for uh, for getting all of your favorites wrong. Or or right. don't do that. Either or way, it do doesn't you. matter. Uh, uh, um. Tell Edge that Mark likes
0: his songs. No, no, don't. Blocked us on Twitter.
2: Don't tell him. Don't tell him. <laughs> Definitely don't. Don't tell him. I want to stay blocked by Edge. I think that's all for the best. Um. Yeah, so follow us on Twitter. Uh, Follow us on Instagram. It's also behind underscore gorilla. And we're on Facebook. Just type in behind the Gorilla Wrestling Podcast find us there. Um, Give us a rating and review on iTunes. That always helps. And uh, tell your friends about us. Tell your friends because we try and be a little different than the generic wrestling podcast. So maybe this isn't the episode to do that because this is not normally what we talk about. But I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about anymore. We've been talking for way too long, so... That does it for this episode. Any uh, final, any final things to say, Harris? Before we sign out.
0: Uh, I'm gonna go listen to Christian's theme song right now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> there we go. Mission accomplished. Um, so yeah, go follow us on Twitter at Gorilla. Follow me on Twitter at MarkyMarkBrand.
0: And I'm at Harris Wilson.
2: There we go. And uh, yeah, join us next week for some more crazy wrestling action. Thanks a lot for listening. Have a great week.